really organically, really like spontaneously. It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks. <laughs> the Classic Rock Files with Kelly Parker and Mike Young. Hi, Mike. Oh, hi, Kelly. Well, if you're a Sammy Hagar fan, you should probably uh, see him while you can, although right now you can't see him because he has declared he is willing to die. In the stupid, unnecessary statements of the day, oh. Sammy Hagar comes out of his hole. <laughs> Now, it's about getting back to playing live. He says he would rather personally get sick and even die if it means kickstarting the concert industry again. And I'm sure the concert industry appreciates that sentiment at the very least, although it's not the greatest message. And no, and it doesn't make sense either, because let's just say, for an instance, that Sammy Hagar goes out and says, I'm going to do this first show. Yeah. And then Sammy Hagar gets sick and dies. Yeah. You think that's going to make more concerts happen or less concerts Probably happen? Probably less. Might push things back just a little bit. So, uh... Uh, let's just chill, babe, on you know this what? one. He said, uh, we have to save the world and this country from this economic thing that's going to kill more people in the long run. I would rather see everyone go back to work. If some of us have to sacrifice on that, okay. I will <laughs> die for my children and my grandchildren to have a life anywhere close to the life that I had in this wonderful country. Good for him, I guess. He says, look, that's just the way I feel about it. I'm not going to go around spreading the disease. So let's put that on the positive side of the ledger for him. He says, but there may be a time when we may have to sacrifice. I mean, how many people die on earth every day? I have no idea. He says, I'm sorry to say it, but we all got to die, man. Again, not really helping his argument at all. No, and as much as we've really loved Sammy Hagar, the lockdown sessions with the circle over the last couple of months, you know, all that goodwill he managed to drum up for himself. Yeah. You know, it's two steps back, yeah. Sammy. So if you don't have anything of value to say, I mean, yeah. Sammy Hagar isn't in control, and it's not like he's going out to do shows. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not even, his actions aren't even following his words. Yeah. <laughs> so why even bother? You know, to be fair, he might have just come back from a tequila tasting. That is true. If he wants to double down and go out and play, there is a show that's been lined up for July 16th to 18th. Yeah. Just three weeks from now mm -hmm. in Ringle, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wisconsin going Wisconsin again. It's a three-day festival, so it's not just one day of insanity. It's three days. Herd Immunity Fest. So has at just least been they announced. kept it topical yeah. in the name. For sure, yeah. Uh, Static X, a bunch of other bands. I uh, like the band name Boba Flex. I enjoy yeah, that, that I do like that as well, yeah. The Mini Fest will only feature a total of 15 bands spread out over three days, outdoor stage, etc., etc., etc. The festival's promoter posted, said, quote, when the lockdown first happened, my first thought was, okay, we can all do two weeks. <laughs> See, that wasn't likely. Um, then it went on and on, things getting canceled. I started worrying about people, not only for this COVID, but mental, physical, financial. As humans, we need other human contact. So far on that statement, so far so good. 100%. Yeah. So we'll see how the Herd Immunity Fest goes and yeah. uh, if Wisconsin sees a large uptick one to two weeks after that festival takes place. The laugh may be on us because I saw a headline yesterday that said now uh, two and a half weeks after the 15,000 people gathered at the legislative grounds for the rally for Black Lives Matter, no cases related to that. 15,000 people. Now I was there. Most people wearing masks and everybody really trying to physically distance. So maybe this uh, three-day fest in Wisconsin will be very responsible. Mentioned the rally here in uh, town as protests against racism and police brutality continue throughout the world. Uh, a lot of artists have decided to join the conversation with new songs. Getting political, not Nick Cave.
No, and uh, we talked about Nick Cave a few weeks back, and I mentioned that he has a cool blog that he does on his website. It's called The Red Hands File, and he always goes in and answers people's questions that write him. And okay. he uh, was asked by a fan as to why he's never written explicitly political songs throughout his career. And he said, quote, There can be great value in these sorts of songs, but they're usually born from a particular combination of rigidity and zealousness, which I personally do not possess. My songs seem to be resistant to fixed, inflexible points of view. They have, as you say, a concern for common, non-hierarchical suffering. They are not in the business of saving the world. Rather, they are in the business of saving the soul of the world. You know who likes big words? Nick Cave. You know who's the smartest guy in the room? Nick Cave. <laughs> Maybe. Could be. Yeah. Uh, he, he went on and on uh, like in great detail about this, which I, uh, you know, go over to his website and read his full response if you'd like. But he basically says that he has very little control over what songs I write. They're constructed incrementally in the smallest of ways, the greater meaning revealing itself after the fact. And he says, I would feel compromised in writing political songs, not because there aren't things I'm fundamentally opposed to, which there are, but because I would be using my particular talents to deal with something I consider to be morally obvious. Personally, I have little inclination to do that. It's just not what I do. Hmm. Okay. Strong statement. Many you, big words. Do you think anybody has, you know, uh, sometimes people think that, and we talked about this uh, with Ozzy's Parkinson's diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I, I had talked about maybe Ozzy has a responsibility as someone in a position of influence that has Parkinson's to speak out and help the cause. Back in the early 2000s when he says that's when he was first. Correct. Yeah, that maybe he should have come out and said, I've got this and be a beacon for the others. Yes, just like Michael J. Fox has done since his mm. diagnosis. Do artists have a responsibility to speak out? No, I would say, no. well, certainly with Ozzy, no responsibility whatsoever. It might have helped. He could have done some good with it, possibly. But uh, I don't think there's a responsibility at all. I would uh, agree. You know, write what's in your heart, write what's, what you feel. If that happens to be a political song, something that's, that's close to your heart and you want to get that message out there, if you want to stay on the sidelines, that's cool too. And know? there's no shortage of artists who would probably share at least some of the things that he might want to get out there who are political and would be putting those statements out and things like that. So he's probably thinking other people got it covered. Yeah, he's been very open, Nick Cave, over the years of the importance of art not letting a person's political beliefs cloud the art that they've created. Mm -hmm. uh, he was on the same Red Hands file, specifically asked about Morrissey, and he said, you should challenge an artist's personal views, but do not let those personal views undermine their contributions to music history. We've had that conversation before, each on its own merits. Yes, and I think that's a, always something to think about. If someone yeah. writes something that you're not aligned with or if they write a song that you're not aligned with, it doesn't mean that you can't like the person. Are you suggesting that people could sit down maybe over a beer, say friends, for example, have a spirited debate, be on opposite sides of the political spectrum or even of the opinion, have a debate and still walk out of the place as friends? I would what like, kind of world would, would like that be? I would like to think we can live in a world like that. It, it would just, the whole conversation would end with, ah, you're full of shit. And then let's get another beer. Yeah, or or maybe they decide, hey, we don't want to talk about politics because yeah. literally there's 95% of the, of the world around us to talk about that doesn't revolve around politics. Sure, we could argue about sports. Which Batman film is best? Yes. You know, these are obvious things. Okay, you know who's on opposite sides of the political spectrum yet can still... 
well, theoretically do things together. The boys in System of a Down, singer Serge Tankian, and, of course, uh, drummer uh, John Delmayan. We've been talking about them. Opposite political views from one another, and uh, we got into this discussion last week. Yeah, and uh, Tankian posted on Instagram yesterday defending his not only bandmate, but his brother-in-law. They each married sisters. Sure. So they are brothers-in-law and bandmates. Very rock and roll. And he said, despite that their extremely polarized political commentary and differences, they are still friends, they are still bandmates, they are still family, and uh, they both share literally opposite ends. Uh, Dalmayan has recently dubbed President Trump the greatest friend to minorities, called the Democratic Party the true bigots, mm-hmm. while Tankian has called for protesters to force Trump to resign and posted lyrics uh, of an old System of a Down song which we talked about called Temper and told fans if you love this song or play along to it and love Trump you're a hypocrite. So yeah. they couldn't be more opposite in no. terms of US politics. Absolutely. But in a Instagram post Tankian addressed the differences. Well, first of all, instead of condemning Dolmayan, he uh, came to his defense. Stalwart ally in efforts for recognition of the Armenian genocide, blasted people for spewing hate at both of them for their beliefs. Yeah, he said, we live in an erroneous digital society that thrives on this reality. Remember, irrespective of the stance, only artists that truly care and are impassioned will risk alienating their base for what they consider the truth. Our dilemma and possible fallacy is that we have two in one band. Some may consider that a weakness, but the artistic, political, and social dichotomy, if not quadricotomy, which is not a word, he pointed that out. Okay, sure. But <laughs> has, you know what? He also loves big words. Has made System of a Down what it is today. Thank you all for reading, and we should all do more non-online reading. That's good advice right there as well. You know what I noticed? No fun stories out there today. Motley's always good for a laugh, right? Even uh, your buddy Vince Neil, but he's in the news because he's accusing a neighbor's dog of brutally murdering his dog. I don't like that. That's like not, not a, even that's not even not even a Motley fun story. That's not a fun story. No. I think these stories, for the most part, are fun in a way that hey, it's people getting along for once. You know, despite the fact that everyone likes to jump on each other's backs and loves to see someone get kicked when they're down and once someone gets canceled on the internet we all want to pile on that person you know here's two guys opposite that are saying you know we're standing by each other despite the fact that we disagree heavily way to make a sow's per a pig a a silk purse out of a pig's ear is that what it is football pigskin sure there you (laughs) go good okay well let's leave it there so i'm happy okay at the end of the day me too that is the classic rock files 94.3 the drive music director mike young thank you thank you